What's going on, everybody? This is your host of Building the Village podcast, Dr. Brandon W. Jones, and I'm excited once again to be before you all on this podcast. Thank you all so much for uh, your continued support, for the sharing of episodes and the commenting and the subscribing and all that good stuff. And so uh, if you haven't already done so, if this is your first time listening, please like comment, subscribe, however you're getting your podcast. We definitely want you to get the word out about this show. I enjoy doing this and this is something that I'm going to continue doing. And so continue to support us in whatever ways that you can. Today, I want to spend some time talking to you all about something that is very near and dear uh, to my heart. And that is the power of playing. You heard it right, folks. The power of playing or the power of play. And let me tell you what inspired this. So I just finished uh, my therapy session uh, with my therapist a few minutes ago. Yes, your boy is in therapy and I am an advocate for therapy. And you all know I'm married to a therapist. I'm surrounded by a lot of people uh, in that profession. So shout out to everybody uh, in the uh, mental health profession, uh, helping us uh, keep our stuff together and be our best selves. But in our session today, we talked a little bit about the power of play. And it got me to thinking about about two years ago now, when the pandemic first hit, I was reading an article from Lego. Uh, you heard it right. It was an art I was reading uh, in Wired magazine. Uh, Lego had an article about the power of play. And it really struck a chord with me because I realized at some point in my journey, I stopped playing. Now, if you know me, you know I have video games around. You know that I'm a big nerd and you know that I like comic books and all those different things. But I noticed that there was something missing from my life and it was playing, just having generalized, just general fun with activities that might be deemed childish or kiddie that I used to participate in willingly before I had kids. And then suddenly somewhere along the lines, I stopped doing it. And in that article, Lego talked about the benefits of just stopping to take your mind off task and do something fun and playing. And why Lego uh, would be a great opportunity to do that, because when you take your mind off task and you play, for those of us who work or participate in creative activities or experiences for a living, We're more creative. We're more inspired. We come up with better ideas simply because we've taken the time to actually play. And I know that because we're in an age of emphasis on self-care, a lot of the times I think that play might be missing from what we call self-care. Now, self-care is a word that gets thrown around, um, not necessarily like play, but self-care gets thrown around a lot. And sometimes I don't necessarily think we know what we mean by self-care. I've told some students before that self-care is not an excuse to be rude or mean to people. That that means that, you know, I look on social media and people are saying, hey, I'm cutting that person off or, you know, I'm cutting you off because it's my self-care. I'm going to be blunt because I got to protect me at all costs. And I'm like, self-care is not an excuse to do that. Self-care is not an excuse to indulge in unhealthy or negative behaviors. You know, some people at one point in time would be like YOLO, you only live once, 
or some people are like, you got to make the most of the time. So, you know, get it in, you know, uh, I got to go to Cancun and drink all weekend or we're going out, we getting lit. And it's like, you know, I see the, I see what we're going for and I'm not judging people uh, who do those things. What I am saying though, in that, in my observation, I'm noticing that at times, if we're not careful, we can identify or participate in activities that may or may not be to our benefit. And so it's not necessarily self-care, it's self-damage at times. And so what does it mean to play? I think that one of the first things that we think about, especially in as we relate to play and self-care, is that self-care has to be intentionally restorative. It needs to be an activity or an effort that is intentionally restorative. And what do I mean by restorative? Are you getting your energy back after participating in that activity? Are you actually resting physically and mentally by participating or not participating in certain activities? Because the truth of the matter is, is it really care if we're not being restored? Is it really self-care? Now, you don't necessarily have to have joy, but man, is there any kind of fulfillment that's good that's taking place? Um, and that can be taken and done in a variety of different ways. And again, don't take this episode as judgment. Please don't take what I'm saying in this episode as criticism or condescension. But do know that there is so much power in playing. There's so much power in playing. And so I want to encourage you all out there to ask yourself this question. When is the last time you played? Now, I'm not talking about just skipping through the living room. Now, again, if that's your way of playing, cool. But what I am saying is when's the last time you pulled out the Legos and spent like five or 10 minutes just playing with them? When's the last time you turned on the PlayStation or the Xbox or you got on your phone and you played a game and you just kind of zoned out a little bit. When's the last time you were at the playground with your kids and you got on the swing set? I think as adults, it's like what Peter Pan talks about. You know, we we grow up and when we grow up, we forget how essential playing is. We forget how much joy playing brought us as kids. In fact, I would argue that many of us, the reason we don't play anymore is because we wrongfully assume that play is just for kids. I'm going to let that marinate for a second. We wrongfully assume that play is just for kids. I got news for you folks. Playing is for every last one of us. I don't care whether you have the corporate job with the office in the corner overlooking the city. You, you need to play every once in a while. If you work in a cubicle and you're answering phones all the time, play is for you too. If you're a professor, play is for you. You better believe I do the same thing. If you got children, play isn't reserved just for your kids. There are so many benefits to finding joy in an activity the amount of endorphins that get released or the creativity um, and the innovation that gets stimulated and facilitated by playing. You know, I, I, you know, I read Wired magazine because for me, I think that there's something to be said about being able to 
study and read and understand industries beyond your own. And so I read Wired because a lot of the ideas that I come up with are stimulated by what I find in the tech industry or trends that I'm observing in the tech industry. And so when I'm reading Wired, one, that's a form of play for me because Wired has nothing to do with my industry. But there's a lot of fun and cool things that Wired puts in their magazine. So shout out to Wired Magazine. I'd encourage you to check out an episode or even subscribe to their magazine. And Wired doesn't pay me at all, but I read Wired constantly because I'm always getting ideas from there. And that's where I got that article from Lego uh, was from that magazine. And so what does it mean to play? What does it mean to play? Uh, As I said, uh, again, it needs to be intentionally restorative, but what are some things that you can do to take your mind off task and just go and dive headfirst in and not be so stiff and not be so um, all about the work? What's a what's a play activity for you? I'm, I'm going to give you a couple of examples um, that I'm aware of from other people that I know and also some from my personal life. So for me, if you've ever been in a Zoom meeting with me or FaceTime with me, you'll notice in the background that I've got books everywhere. And I've got comics. I've got books that I read for pleasure and books that I read for um, prepping for sermons or um, I'm in higher education. And so I've got books related to my profession and the different things that I teach in the classroom. And then I've also got a football that I keep so that I can play around with that. I've got a Mandalorian helmet that I put on and run around the house in every once in a while. I've got Legos so that Whenever I'm in a moment of stress or things are tense and and I'm creatively drained, I go and get the Legos. I keep a dry erase board um, right here next to my recliner in my office. I've got my record player right here next to my computer because those are things that I do to find joy in the day. I listen to music all the time and I actually get up and dance in the office. You would be amazed at what just dancing can do for you throughout your day. And also, you'd be amazed at what can be done or experienced when you play around with Legos or when you play around with uh, different items that bring you joy from your childhood. Who said you had to stop playing with action figures because you got older? Who said that you can't keep Legos at your desk or Play-Doh? I know I have staff members um, or I've had staff members in the past, rather, that kept Play-Doh at their desk for stress relief or stress balls or the uh, little muscle thing that people back in the 80s and 90s used to have a little clamp thing that you could keep to improve your grip. Uh, Some people have that. Um, Some people set their offices up where they got bean bags. I once knew a dean of students at an institution that I worked at um, who in her office, she kept bean bag chairs. And when she would meet with students, they would sit on the bean bags. And then there were some staff like myself who, when we would go meet with her, we'd sit on the beanbags and she'd roll the ball to you. She had a ball in there that she'd kick over to you and meetings would be fun. Who said that meetings don't have to be fun? Who said that we can't find joy in the activities that we're participating in? Now, some of you may be listening to this episode and going, Dr. Jones, Brandon, B, man, dude, where are you going with this? I want y'all to think about the environment that we're in right now. 
I want you to think about your industry, your profession, where you are today. And I want you to think about why do we do certain things the way we do them? Why do we have meetings the way we have them? Who said meetings have to be this overly structured thing that is boring and time consuming and that you can't have fun in them? Who said that you can't incorporate play into your meetings? Now, I know somebody just panicked and was like, yo, I'm not with all them icebreakers. And I'm not either. I don't like icebreakers either, to be honest with you. But that doesn't mean I wouldn't mind participating in a quick activity here and there that helps me get to know my colleagues a little bit better. I just don't like the word icebreakers because I'm like, I'm super extroverted. I've probably already done the work of getting to know these people. So icebreakers for me are like, Oh boy, torture at times. But man, could you imagine if before you started a meeting or at some point in the meeting, um, especially if you're going to talk about some difficult content, uh, you broke out the Uno cards. Now, Uno may or may not uh, culturally uh, be the thing you want to do in certain environments because, you know, everybody make up their own rules and do different things, right? But what if you're an artist? And you were creatively drained. What would happen if you went to the trampoline park? What would happen if you went and played on the swing set? Or, you know, I look at Google sometimes and I look at their headquarters and man, they got bikes that you can ride. Google has a smoothie bar on site. They got dry cleaners. They got all these different things at their offices, the Google office here in Austin that I've had a chance to go and visit. They've got a uh, arcade machine that you can go and play Galaga and Pac-Man on. Who's to say that, you know, maybe we start incorporating these things in our work environment. Now, some people may be saying like, hey, you don't come to work to play. And you know what? You know, to each their own on that. But I would argue that those companies who have built in play or elements of play have employees that are more productive because they feel like, man, I can go and still be getting my paycheck at a time where I'm just trying to seek creative inspiration. For some of us, it's reading books that is our form of play and we get joy out of that. I'm all for it. But again, this episode is to encourage us to think about how much power is really there in play. There's so much that we can accomplish mentally for ourselves, because if the only time we reserve for fun is Saturday or Sunday or Friday night, then four days out of the week, we're constantly on. That means we're constantly stressing, cooking meals, doing homework, grading working, stressing, paying bills, and not doing any type of fulfilling activity that is healthy and has gotten scientifically proved results for playing. So I want to encourage you to think about when's the last time you played? When's the last time you danced through the living room? When's the last time you picked up the Uno cards and just started playing? When's the last time you put a Lego set together? And I want to encourage you to pursue whatever play is for you. Find time throughout the day to do that. Find time to seek that intentionally restorative activity that allows you some time of rest, that may allow you some time of joy, that'll allow you some time to take your mind off task and get recharged and replenished in a healthy and positive and fulfilling way. 
Listen, thank you all so much for tuning in today. I really appreciate your support of the podcast and look forward to connecting with you again. Take care of yourselves and each other. God bless you and God keep you.